Welcome to Kogel Wine and Film, a perfect pairing. I'm film critic Gary Kogel, and today as we celebrate, well, let's call it a record-setting 100th podcast. Yay! And we're going to take a closer look at some of the Oscar nominations from Best Picture to Best Actor and Actress. I'm wine expert Haley Hamilton Kogel, and today is going to be so much fun as we love nothing more than talking wine and film, especially this time of year, because we love Oscar time. Mm -hmm. And to pair with this special 100th show, and 92nd Annual Academy Awards, we will toast the wines of ZD Winery in Napa. They celebrated their 50th anniversary last year. We're heading out there this weekend to help them enjoy their winter wine escape. Winter wine escape. Escape. And the release of their uber-premium wine, Abacus. It's Cabernet Sauvignon. Cannot wait to try it. Um, Also, do want to note, we have a very special guest. Extra special. To celebrate our 100th show, Yoda Hamilton Cogill is in studio with us today. We'll see if he says anything. I don't know if he will. He's not baby Yoda, but he's closest to it. He's my baby Yoda. (laughs) Our dog's here. Our dog's here to celebrate 100th anniversary or 100th show. But Gary, let's get into the Oscars. Okay, let's start with uh, actress in a supporting role. And so I'm going to read all five nominations, and then let's just get into this and see. I'm curious on what you think of where it falls for you, and then. I'll... And you have I haven't seen all of these. You well, I think I've seen actually yeah. I have seen all of them. Yeah, yeah, almost yeah. all of them. Almost all. You've of them. seen everything though. So Kathy Bates in Richard Jewell. I think that's kind of a surprise nomination. Uh, also, Kathy Bates uh, went to SMU in Dallas. Yes. yes. Uh, Laura Dern from Marriage Story. Does Laura Dern get nominated for literally everything she does now? Because everything she does is good. Is really good. Whether it's on television or on film. Yes. Scarlett Johansson for Jojo Rabbit. That's one of two Oscar nominations for her this year. Florence Pugh from Little Women. And the great, I'm going to call her the great Margot Robbie from Bombshell, who's also great in another film. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I just think she's so good in both those films. Yes, we uh, talked at length about her on our last show because we both think she's just adorable. I think this is really only two people had a really good chance in here, and I think one is kind of a shoe-in. I think Margot Robbie has a chance in here. I don't think Florence Pugh does. I think Scarlett Johansson has a much better chance in another film. Mm-hmm. Um, For and, lead and, actress. And Kathy Bates is pretty happy to be nominated here. I mean, she, they're all they're all great. But isn't it isn't Laura Dern literally won every... She's won everything going into Everything it. going up, up to this. Yes. And she's also great in and this And she's movie. really good. She's the attorney. She's her attorney. She's a divorce attorney. A divorce attorney. And Ray Liotta is his divorce attorney. And he's great in mm-hmm. this little part. He's an intimidating figure in this movie. And she's not having it. She's not having any of it. She's an intimidating figure. Mm-hmm. And yet she has a real sense of compassion. She cares very deeply yeah. about her clients, but yeah. she's also going to go. I mean, just imagine imagine the life of a divorce attorney. Because <laughs> um, you have to move on. You just have to move from one to the yeah. other to the other. Yeah. And, you know, it's you have to be so personable and yet so professional at the mm-hmm. same time. Yeah. I don't know. She has a couple scenes Hard in snails. there where, yeah. Yeah, where she just lights it up. Of, Here's what's going to happen. This is what I think. And and we're, we're going to get you together, too. Because, you know, Scarlett's falling apart, mm-hmm. and rightfully so, mm-hmm. what she's going through. Uh, so I think I, I love this. I, I think she's great. And I can't wait to see you at the Oscars stand up and win this. Yeah. Let's do actor in a supporting role. So we have Tom Hanks for A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Well-deserved there. Okay, we have Anthony Hopkins in The Two Popes. 
who's great in this yeah. film. And then two guys from The Irishman, Al Pacino and Joe Pesci for The Irishman. And then Brad Pitt, the lu- I'm going to call him the luminescent. <laughs> Ab-pack Brad Pitt from Brad Once, good in the movie. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. As he said at the SAG Awards recently, because he won the Screen Actors Guild Award for this. I think he won the Golden Globe as well. And the, and Critics, the Critics' Choice, Choice Awards. Uh, he got up at the SAG Awards and said, hey, it was a tough part. I had uh, I played a guy who got high all day, took his shirt off, and wasn't very good to his wife. <laughs> <laughs> What's so hard about that? I, I You know, I'm going to say this. I think a month, I think two months ago, I would have said Joe Pesci. Yeah. And you, you, I think he's great in that film. We, You loved The Irishman. There was a time two months ago you said this is the best film of the year. And we, do th- and we almost do this every year where what, what is an early leader and what is early on my mind usually changes a, a couple times. weeks mm-hmm. or so before the Oscars. But, yeah, I, I, I couldn't imagine a film being better than The Irishman a few months ago. And, and, and now I've changed my mind. We'll get to that. But I want to talk about Anthony Hopkins and the Two Popes. This is a movie that I was reticent to see. And then the more I heard about it, that it's different than it looks and it's really highly rated. And I thought, well, they're just honoring. And this is just going to be two popes sitting there looking at each other like my dinner with Andre and just kind of talking about being popey. <laughs> and it wasn't a popey movie. This is a really complicated, interesting film by a foreign language director who's made great films before. And he's and, and it's not what it appears. Mm-hmm. It's really, a, it's about this Pope. And it's a, by the way, I don't know the titles of both Popes. So Pope so-and-so, so-and-so. And there, I just, it's the last Pope and the current Pope. <laughs> and the current Pope's from Argentina. Yes. And I, he's much more progressive. Yes. And the Anthony Hopkins character was not. Yeah. And, and in fact, they're kind of complete opposite in yes. their views. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's a really interesting dialogue to have, especially as basically the former pope is asking the new pope to come and be the new pope. Right. And he don't want to be. I don't want to be it anymore. Because he's kind of angry with just the the way that the beliefs of the church are going. Right. And, and, you know, I thought just... If, obviously it's a film, but from a historical reference, I found it very, very um, enlightening and interesting mm-hmm. and and very well acted. I think Jonathan Price as... Current Pope. <laughs> we are so not Catholic. I'm pope so number 95. Sorry. No, it would be um, podcast 100, yes. Pope number, um, current Pope. We, is is great. I'll bless you later. <laughs> so sorry. I know. So but, sorry. Uh, I mean, this is a religion. really great category. I mean, I, I look at all of these performances, even Tom Hanks, who's probably not even going to be in the running on this, uh, for and a little film that's kind of overlooked, pl- looked, playing Mr. Rogers. But I look at Pesci and Pacino and Hopkins and Brad Pitt and, and Tom Hanks. And uh, I mean, any of these, any other year could win this. But I think Brad Pitt wins this. Mm-hmm. He's pretty much winning every award. And I think he deserves it. I think this performance in this film, him and Leonardo DiCaprio are both great are in this great. film. And it's an ensemble film. And look, the rap is that they're kind of playing themselves. No, they're not. They are major movie stars playing kind of washed up people. Yeah. <laughs> who used to That's be, a perfect way to put it. Who used to be kind of popular. Kind of popular. I mean, it was like yeah. a, a, a TV western. <laughs> neither of, neither of their characters were Brad Pitt or or Leonardo or Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, yeah. And they hang out together, and they smoke, and they drink, and yeah. they get high a little bit. But they're but they're also very professional, and the actor is very insecure. And Brad Pitt's character, as his stuntman, is very confident, but blows up a lot yeah. and and has a bad past. 
And it's just well, you know. There's this. There's this great. I can't really blame him. There's this great scene. I think we talked about this last time. There's this great scene where he goes after while they're rehearsing the scene, you know, with the great martial arts, the great martial arts guy Bruce Lee, and just throws him into a car. <laughs> and it's one of the really great That's scenes great. of the year. So for and then gets thrown off the film before doing it. For doing it, you don't which, beat up the actor, yeah, the lead actor in a movie if you're a stunt guy. You can't do that. Can't do that. Can't do that. So for both of these categories, do you yeah. think there's anybody who was left out, or do you are you kind of on board with the list? No, I'm on board with this list. Yeah, I'm on I'm on board with this list. Yeah, I've, I I have to think about this left and this. In this category, is there one for you? I don't think there's one for me here. Not in the men. I but the no. I no. mean, yeah, it's supporting. I'm I'm kind of fine. Okay. Yeah. I'm so kind let's of fine talk with about our lead actor. Okay, and actor actress. in the leading role: Antonio Banderas in *Pain and Glory*, which is um, a foreign language film. Leonardo DiCaprio, *Once Upon a Time in Hollywood*, who's great. Adam Driver, who's great in *Marriage Story*. Joaquin Phoenix for *Joker*, and the great Jonathan Price in *The Two Popes*. Best performance of his career in any film he's I think ever been in. Um, who's great, and in another year, he could win for playing the current Pope. Uh, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio is great in this movie. He he won for The Revenant, so he's not going to win here, but he's really great. Adam Driver, two months ago, was the guy that everyone was talking about possibly winning this. The other half of Scarlett Johansson as they go through a divorce in a Noah Baumbach film. But Joaquin Phoenix wins this year for for Joker, and it's a dark complicated, fascinating, it's nominated so for 11 Oscars. It's got more Oscar nominations than any film. It's so dark. It's so dark. I think I, I am mesmerized by watching him, and this is the film that I will watch again before the Oscars because I'm so creeped out by so it. So creeped out by him. And it's, you know, it's it's a it's a backstory or an origin story of, of the Joker, but it's also about culture and about enablers and about creepy people that really need help mentally and they're not getting help. In fact, they're being enabled in their creepiness and a culture that that does that. Yeah. And, and it's not a helpful culture mm-hmm. at all. And, and then there's this, you know, comic book thing kind of going on in the background. This is more of a real story than a comic book story. Mm-hmm. And man, he is, he is creepy. What he does with his body and contorts his body, when he comes down to those stairs, it's like a scene out of The Exorcist coming down the stairs. And he just is contorting yeah. his body and the use of his voice. And then he has this weird laugh. And then um, Robert De Niro plays the host of a talk show. And uh, he's just, oh, it's just. Well, it's also, it's a, a, you know, you, you don't take uh, real life. Uh, yeah, it's film. It's an actor pay, playing a part. Yes. But Joaquin Phoenix is so weird anyway. He's, all, he's so weird in, in, personally in, person, in real life. And so that's what yeah. also just, cause, because you kind of have, you know that going yeah. in, that he's just a, yeah, he, that's a. He is he all is, in. Yeah. And, and, and highly, it's very intense film. It's, yeah, it made me very There's nervous. not too many people I take to see The Joker, but it's interesting that that film has made $200 million yeah. and been a big runaway hit. Yeah, so I, th- I think that's a shoe in And then actress in a leading role, uh, Cynthia, uh, Cynthia Erivo for Harriet, who's very good in a film that we didn't love, but it's it's a good film, it's but a not a great film. film. I, yeah. Scarlett Johansson in Marriage Story, who 
probably, I, I think, has been the front runner all along for this. Uh, Shorsha Ronan for Little Women, who seems to get nominated every year now because she's so good. Because she's so good. Uh, Charlize Theron for Bombshell is really good in this she's film. She's great. And, Man, uh, she just completely captures Megan Kelly. She's fantastic. And Texas it. actress Renee Zellweger for playing Judy Garland and Judy, and she just won the SAG Award. Yeah. I used, used, A month ago, I would say Scarlett Johansson see, should win that this. just... Because I... She completely embodies Judy Garland. She took on those the the character of that personality so completely. Messy. It was yeah. pretty close near the end of her life, mm-hmm. and it's a but, two but, it's a two but, week period where she goes off to. Well, and you to say London. the end of her life, and you're like, oh, it's when she was so old. She wasn't. No. She was in her forties. She right? died in her forties, yeah. I think. Yeah, and yeah. but she started so young. We all thought yeah. she was older. Plus, she was pretty much an alcoholic. Yeah, she was completely messed up. And messed up and a messy parent, but loved her kids, but messy. Mm-hmm. And and uh yeah, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go on your team. I'm on team well, Judy. And now. I don't know if I I didn't love the film. I, I kinda got a I little I think the film's a good film and not a great yeah, film. Like I, Harriet. I got a little bored. But it's a great it, performance but in But she's that film. really she's really great. But yeah, is that a movie that I want to go back and watch yeah. again? Yeah. But I I will watch Bombshell again before the Oscars. I'll watch and, Bombshell again. You know, I should probably go back and watch Marriage Story again, even though it's just, just so. I think she. I, th- I think Scarlett's great. In it. Um, All right, so I think we. I think the general consensus here is Judy and the Joker, Joaquin Phoenix. I think Brad Pitt, and then we think Laura Dern. So best director, I think it's a toss up this year. You, this is so exciting. Martin Scorsese for The Irishman. Two months ago, he would have won this hands down. Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think he's the front runner now, actually, to win this. Bong Joon Ho for Parasite is the guy that's coming in now. You would love that because he shared the Critics' Choice Awards mm-hmm. and he won the that's, Golden Globe. Yeah, he won the Golden Globe. Or he won the SAG. Uh, he, they don't have a SAG award for director. It's all okay, acting. Never yeah, mind that. Uh, Sam Mendes for nineteen seventeen. I think he shared it with Sam Mendes. Mm-hmm. Uh, what and Sam Mendes could win this mm-hmm. easy. Todd Phillips for Joker. I mean, any one of these could win this, and I have absolutely no clue right now. So I, I wouldn't pick one. I, really? Yeah, I, I, I don't think I could. It, I don't think Scorsese is going to win this now. I don't think Todd Phillips for Joker will win it. But I think Sam Mendes, Bong Joon Ho, or Quentin Tarantino—all three of those are neck and neck and neck. Well, and we haven't. I think Tarantino's maybe the got a slight lead here. Yeah. I don't know. We haven't um, talked about 1917 on the show, but we you did do. Right. Uh, an article on it that's on our website, and and you really loved 1917. I think, and and it's interesting because the film is historically so fascinating, right. um, but also just how it was made. It was made to look like it's all one complete shot for two hours, and the opening scene is over eight minutes long without an edit, and so there's very few edits in the movie. That's why it's not up for best editing yeah. because it was shot so at, seamlessly. So seamlessly. And and actually, you can sit and watch that movie and try to find where they go from one shot to the next, and it's done in real time. So these two guys who have only a finite amount of time to rescue 1,600 soldiers and go through enemy lines, and they encounter all kinds of bad stuff, because it's a war movie. And, and they start in the trenches, they get out in the field, they go over barbed wire, they see the enemy, they go into a little town, they get blown up, and it's all like one shot. Like, and it's... It's an impeccable piece of filmmaking, and it works. Mm-hmm. I think it also enhances the film rather than take... I don't think it's a gimmick movie. I think mm-hmm. it's just brilliance. Mm-hmm. So watch him win. Watch another film win Best Picture and him win Best Director. That could happen. 
But if Parasite snuck in and won everything, <laughs> I'd be kind of happy. But my personal favorite right now is Once Upon a Time in yeah. Hollywood. I love watching that movie, and yeah. I love the way it's made and everything about it. Yeah. So best picture, Ford versus Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Marriage Story, Parasite, 1917. I think it's. I, I think this is all between Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, 1917. Those two films, I think, right now. By the way, we love Ford versus Ferrari. Well, and it's you know looking at this list of films, it's it's a good film year. This is a much better year than last year. Mm-hmm. I think I think this is one of the best years in actually a while because you've got like I mean, we loved Ford versus Ferrari. Well, I love. It. I'd go back and watch that. Yeah, you know, again. Jojo Rabbit's a really good film yeah. and complicated. Um, but once upon a time in Hollywood would win in another year, mm-hmm. you know, and it's Tarantino and he hasn't won yet for best picture and. But then you, nineteen seventeen is perfect. Marriage Story is really, really kind of a perfect little movie. And then there's Parasite. This a foreign language director and a foreign language film has never won Best Picture. And Parasite will win Best Foreign Language Film hands down. But we thought Roma might do it last Mm -hmm. year and it didn't. Mm -hmm. But it should have. But Parasite, Parasite's better than Roma. Yeah. It? Well, it's, I mean, you can't even it's compare. It's different. Yeah, you can't even the different compare, films. compare the two. And the thing about Parasite is that though it's foreign language, it's a story that's so... So modern. It, well, and and you know, like, you know who these people are. Yeah. You know who these these terrible grifters are. And if you haven't listened to our show from last, last week, we... Dove into Parasite pretty deeply. So yeah. it's, yeah. It's, Grifters got a grift. Yeah. They got a grift. It's crazy. Well, that's, you know, we got lots more categories, but we can do that another time. But I'm kind of, I'm kind of thirsty and I want to drink wine. Okay. Can so, we? <laughs> okay. And this is kind of a roundabout way to pair, but really it's just because we're so excited that this weekend we get to head out to Napa to celebrate the Winter Wine Weekend with ZD. Um, this weekend they are releasing their um, abacus wine. It's like super kind of exclusive high end, sold out really is it fast. Expensive? It's not an inexpensive weekend, um, but yeah. it is a it, it is a, an event that um, is open to all. No, I meant the wine is the, the wine. The, abacus wine is kind of expensive. The wine is is yeah, it's slightly expensive. Okay, good. I want to say it might be like seven hundred dollars a bottle. Seven hundred dollars a like bottle, that. or maybe that. Yeah, I think it's it's pretty darn. <laughs> Gary, Gary, you should see the look on Gary's face right now. You know, it's it's so great being married to a wine expert. Um, I just hang on for dear life. But this week, it, it's it's very cool, and and really, I think the both the history of the property as well as the history of this wine are both really interesting. I'm going to plow through them both pretty fast. But um, ZD started in 1969 by the Zapponi and the Deleuze family, now completely owned and operated by the Deleuze family. Um, run by the second and third generations of of the family, kind of carrying out the vision of their founders, which was to craft ultra-premium Cabernet, Chardonnay, and Pinot Noir with mm-hmm. a focus on smart ecology, um, taking care of the environment, and producing varietally correct wines, which, you know, that's, you hear that term often. And what does that really mean? It's, it, it basically means you don't, you're, you're not making a Pinot Noir that tastes like a Syrah, which a right. lot of Pinot Noir these days tastes, oh, it's like heavy grapey. It's just over, over extracted. It's, you know, there's so many 
there's so many Cabernets, there's so many Merlots, there's so many wines all over the world that that just kind of continue to push and continue to push instead of just allowing the beauty and the refinement and the the character of of what that variety is supposed to be just speak for itself. And I think that that was kind of the the hope for when ZD started to to allow the fruit grown. Really, um, they they're predominantly in Napa Valley. Um, they do make uh, a handful of different wines also from from through vineyards throughout California, but predominantly Napa Valley um, and just allowing those Napa Valley grapes to to shine, which I really love. And they celebrated their 50th anniversary last year. They um, kind of have revamped their whole hospitality center and their whole tasting area and all of, so it'll be really exciting. And, it's kind of a big reveal. And, and fun to, to see that this weekend. But really the whole key to this weekend is the release of the 21st bottling of Abacus. And so their Abacus was born over 20 years ago by two of the siblings, the Robert and Brett Deluts, that they were, you know, sitting around enjoying some old vintages of ZD Cab and saying, wow, you know, these have aged so beautifully and and uh, kind of talking about blending wines and they came up with this crazy idea of blending older vintages together to create a single wine a, a mm. finished wine um, they knew that just if you take a particular lot of wine so a vineyard is broken out into different blocks and different lots and you don't typically just make one wine from one barrel from one lot you blend blend. and and that blend creates a harmonious wine and so they you know said maybe this could also happen if you did that over several vintages and you know just as a side note it's amazing the brilliant ideas you have late at night after several glasses of wine i think that's how we came up with this podcast (laughs) so um so they basically, um, through a Solera-style blending technique, which is how they make sherry, and it's mm-hmm. like you have rows and rows and rows of barrels, and you kind of take a little bit of fruit from, or a little bit of juice from one barrel, a little bit of juice from the next row, a little bit of juice from the next row, and blend that to create one single wine and and like the bottom layer stage one the second next and and like everything kind of goes then the the new wines would then be put on the top and they wouldn't all be like 1979 or 19 or 2000 no it's it's they're all kind of different vintages so it's different it's staggered and um so it's it's and it's it's how sherry's made it's how port is made and so basically when they released the first bottling in 1999, it was a blend of seven vintages of their reserve Cabernet. So it was seven vintages from 1992 to 1998, meaning there is always old wine in it as well as kind of fresh new wine. It's like a vertical in a bottle. In a bottle, exactly. And since only 15% of the Solera is used um, every year, you're always going to have some previous vintage of the last 20 years in that bottle, which I think is just really very cool. Um, and, And basically, you know, the whole hope is that you create something that one hasn't really ever been done or if it is done it's not done 
um, to any great extent, mm-hmm. um, and and deliver a wine that's both fresh as well as highly complex. You know, you bring in it's highly structured, and and you have kind of the the earthy kind of dried notes along with, <clears throat> excuse me, the the fresh kind of fruit notes. So it's it's. Uh, oh, I can't wait. Yeah, so, so the current vintage that's being released this weekend um, is the 21st bottling. 27 vintages of ZD's Reserve Cabernet are going into this um, bottle, oh, wow. 1992 wow. through 2018. And I'm really excited. So I don't have to spit this out in a cup. We can drink it. But we are part of this event is both a, a fantastic dinner at Charter Oak, which I am Mm-hmm. So excited about it's Chris Costow's restaurant. Chris Costow is a chef from Meadowood that I think we've celebrated so on the, the show many times. Um, d- kind of pairing dinner with their wines. But there's also a vertical tasting that we will do uh, in the morning on Saturday from some of the older vintages of the Abacus wow. to current. And that will also... Because wow. then, like, how does how does an older vintage of an older vintage wine... Yeah. Like, what does that do? Wow, that's a story on story on story. I am on story. so excited. Cool. So it's going to be a great weekend. Once again, it's really great to be me because <laughs> I get to hang out with her. <laughs> Next time on Kogel Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing, more and more movies and much more wine just to explore. <laughs> For more on our discussion today, please follow our blog on kogilconsulting.com or through Facebook. We'll also be sure to post Gary's Oscar uh, ballot yeah. as well. And follow Gary on Twitter at Gary Cogill. And to see what we're drinking now, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Dallas Uncorked. And with that, I'm Gary Cogill, and I'm always looking for the next great film. I'm Haley Hamilton Cogill, always in search of a great glass of wine. Join us next time on Cogill Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. Aloha. <laughs>